0: Welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Dr. Dane Heer. He's an international speaker and author who started work as a network chiropractor back in 2000 in California. He came across Access Consciousness at a point in his life when he was deeply unhappy to the extent that he was even planning suicide. When none of the other modalities and techniques Dr. Hare had been studying were giving him the lasting results or change, Access Conscious changed everything for him, and his life began to expand and grow with more ease and speed than he had ever imagined possible. Today, he facilitates Access Consciousness workshops worldwide from a base of total allowance, caring, humor and a deep inner knowing his energy process for changing and healing called the energetic synthesis of being um, is is unique and his points of view on bodies money future sex and relationships they invite and inspire people to greater conscious awareness and this is all reflected in his new book being you changing the world which we're going to discuss today so dr. Dane here welcome
1: Miriam, thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure!
0: Well, I really want to thank you for writing this book. It, it was a trip in just about every sense of the word. <laughs> uh, do you conduct your workshops like you write your books?
1: Uh, somewhat, yes. <laughs> uh, in fact, the the book is actually a product of the, one of the advanced workshops that I deliver called "Energetic Synthesis of Being" and. Literally, we took transcripts because there was there's so much information that I've wanted to give people and present to them that they don't have in the world and. So I, you know, like, how am I going to do this? And we finally came up with the idea of, of transcribing that and pulling out the parts that, that were the common threads through them. So yes, and I tell people at the beginning, I said, please be aware, I'm somebody who has ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism all rolled into one. So if I can't complete a, you know, if I complete one sentence, it's a minor miracle in my world. So I warn people ahead of time.
0: <laughs> okay, well, why don't we start with access consciousness? What is it and how did it change your life?
1: Oh, well, access is really, you know, call it access because saying access consciousness a lot is, you know, kind of tedious. So we call it access and it's really, it's a set of tools, techniques and information for changing anything you want to change in your life. And what happened for me, you know, I got to this place 13 years ago after trying so many things that literally I said, universe, you got six months. Either my life changes or I'm out of here and I don't care which it is. And literally, I came across, and I saw this ad that said, Access, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory, and it had this girl's phone number. And rather than being overjoyed about ease, joy, and glory, I was frustrated because my life was pain, suffering, and gory at the time. And I threw the paper away. Well, it came out once a week. I see the ad the following week and finally called the girl. And I had a session called an Access Bar Session. And it's this real gentle process of, touching points on someone's head. So I lay down and she puts her hands on my head. And this is somebody who literally was not, it wasn't, when I was when I was talking about killing myself, it wasn't one of these things where, oh, I think maybe I'll either kill myself or I'll have a latte. You know, it was not that. It was, I was literally planning on it. I was in that compressed state in my life. And she puts her hands on my head and I feel this energy go through my body and I start giggling like a little kid. And it actually gave me a sense of peace and space but I hadn't had for years, and it was the first time I remember knowing everything was okay, everything always would been, and everything always had been, and everything always would be. And so, literally, I never contemplated killing myself again, but it gave me this sense of space, and then, in contrast to everything else I'd ever done, that space didn't decrease within three days to a week. It actually started increasing because she gave me tools So that every time the space wanted to contract, every time I wanted to get heavy again and unhappy, she gave me a tool to deal with it. And that was the difference that I found, is tools for each of us to change the things we want to change.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, your book is full of all kinds of tools. Um, Let's talk about this notion of space and light. Tell Tell us your take on it.
1: Well, here's the thing is, it's so interesting because each of us seem to have at least some sense of how it can be. Like, for example, when I, when I talk about space and light, um, first of all, one, one tool I'd like to give everybody is, and it's a fundamental thing to apply to your life, is what's true for you makes you feel lighter. A lie makes you feel heavier. And so anytime you're buying something is true for you that isn't, it will make you feel heavier. And so what we have a sense of what it's like to be us which it can be sort of like when you're going out in nature as an example after you've been there for an hour and it feels like the weight of the world comes off of your shoulders and you start seeing colors that you didn't see and start noticing the flowers that's kind of what it's like to be more of you or when you're around someone who doesn't judge you or somebody who cares about you or like animals and kids that's more what it's like to be around you i'm sorry to be you but when you're around adults when you're at work when you're in family situations a lot of time you feel like you have no connection to that space. And what I've learned and what access consciousness gave me was this ability to actually be that space that I was out in nature and with little kids and animals in any situation in my life. And when you're that space, you determine the situation in a sense. In other words, rather than it being able to make you go into defense or make you fight it's like you stand there and you go okay well that's an interesting point of view what other choices do i have available here and if more of us could live our lives like that i mean i see so many amazingly beautiful people who have no idea how much fun life can be how much of a joy it can be and that they can actually have a sense of ease in living You know, part of the reason I travel as much as I do around the world is because I'd like people to know that this space of being can actually exist, that you can actually enjoy your life, that you can also be successful at it, and you can have all the things you've been asking for. It's just you haven't been given the right tools to create it in a way that works for you.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned the word choice, which is very central to your book um how do you sort of invite people to use their choice muscle
1: well that's a great one actually one of the things that i suggest people do is start living your life from 10 second increments and people say what do you mean i say well okay so uh what would you like to choose and they go uh i don't know i say okay well that lifetime's over uh now what would you like to choose and they go, uh, I don't know. And I say, okay, that lifetime's over. Now what would you like to choose? And they go, um, I'd like to choose to be happy. I'm like, cool, awesome. Now that lifetime's over. You have 10 seconds to choose the rest of your life. What do you choose? And they go, oh, um, let's see. I'd like to I'd like to fly to Hawaii. I'm like, okay, cool, awesome. So put that in motion. Now that lifetime's over. What else would you like to choose? And literally, I've, I've asked people to take three minutes a day. And this is so funny, you know, to ask somebody to take three minutes to do something that will actually give them an awareness that something is important as choice but ask him to take 3 minutes a day and just walk outside and say okay everything i'm doing from the moment i step outside for the next 3 minutes is choice so okay i'm going to walk over here and smell this flower i'm going to look up at the sun i'm going to turn this way and it sounds it can sound so simple or even ridiculous you know i thought it sounded ridiculous when i first started telling suggesting that people do this And then people would come back and go, oh, my gosh, I realize that even the way I move my body has been my choice. And then what I have to get into after that is one of the concepts that we have in Access that we found a long time ago is that 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your points of view don't actually belong to you. You're walking around like a big psychic radio receiver. And you have ever since you were a little kid, which is why you act so much like your mom and dad, because you've been picking up on the way they handle the world ever since you were in the womb. And you've been perceiving it and picking up on these things. And when I say psychic, what I mean is you just have the capacity to pick up on the energies of everything around you, which is why you get depressed around depressed people, which is why you get angry around angry people or defensive around angry people, even if you didn't know they were depressed or angry. And so you start realizing... and that you actually, a lot of the things that we have as our points of view are things we picked up from other people and bought as ours, and that's why they don't work for us, because it's almost like we're living somebody else's life. And there's a real simple process you can do, which is ask, who does this belong to? Who does this belong to? Do the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, the judgments, the points of view you have, and anything else that makes you feel heavy? And literally, if it lightens up, it's not yours. If it changes, it's not yours. You just return it to sender and then go on through your day with only your thoughts in your head. And if you do that for three days, you'll walk around like you're in a walking, talking meditation. Hmm.
0: You talk about questioning everything. That that I thought was really pretty interesting when you start um, putting out these questions and then you have your clearing statement. Let's start with the questions. Why Why should we question everything?
1: Well, the thing is, a question empowers, an answer disempowers. And so what does that mean? Well, most of us have been taught to come to conclusion and then try to force that conclusion into existence, no matter what the world has to say about it, or no matter what else could be contributed. It's like we're headed in one direction toward the goal. And we have these walls to the left and right. We can't see over them, around them, through them. But once you ask a question, a a question can be as simple as, what else is possible here? Or what would it take to change this? It's like literally doors open up and energetic doors open up and they have light and space and possibilities behind them. And it gives you a glimpse that it doesn't just have to be these walls and it doesn't just have to be this rut you've been functioning from. A question always opens up other possibilities. And so if there's something you want to change in your life. You just ask. You start by asking by going, okay, no matter what it takes, I'll change this, which is where you get to that point where you're finally willing to allow change to occur, no matter how it has to look for you. And then you can ask, what's it going to take to change this? What else is possible here? And how does it get any better than this? And what happens is because most of us have these conclusions that things won't change. When you ask a question, it's like the universe goes, oh, finally. Finally you're willing to get my input on how this thing can change. And literally it starts to give it to you. But one of the other one of the other things that sticks us so much is we think that before we can change anything, we have to know that all the entire journey of a thousand steps before we ever take the first step. No, your job is just to take the first step because the second step isn't even there yet until you take the first step because your first step changes your life and changes the world and changes the universe to allow that second step to show up. So just go, okay, what's it going to take to change this? What else is possible? How does it get any better than this? And then take the next step that's in front of you, and then the others will show up as they need to.
0: Mm-hmm. I found that really very powerful and intriguing. Um, and And then you kind of follow up these questions with what you call a clearing statement, which is rather amusing. How did you come up with it?
1: <laughs> it is rather amusing, isn't it? I love that description may i may I take that from now on <laughs> <laughs> because what happened was I actually see the thing is I came to access and it had been around for uh about twelve years before before I even came along and started working really closely with the founder of it and within months we were we had sort of started working together and and so now we're sort of co-creators of it but what happened was this clearing statement had uh, it was there before i came along i just with the exploration that we were doing for how to unlock limitation in the in the greatest possible way i started contributing to it which changed it but all of that to say the clearing statement was there based on Gary Douglas the founder looking and going wait a minute there's got to be a better way of going back and undoing our choices from the past that haven't worked and a better way of being able to open up possibilities for the future what is that way and and how many ways can we find and out of that question came the awareness that if you could find if you could literally go to the point of creation of where a limitation got started In other words, if you could go to, like, let's say the limitation is kind of like a big oak tree standing in the middle of the road called your life, and you've got a wall to one side and a cliff to the other, and you're like, well, okay, can't go around it, can't, i got to do something with it. And you can stand there and whittle away at the oak tree and chop it down and take forever. Or what if you could go back in time to where, follow a leaf down a branch, down the trunk, and go back in time to where the seed started, and vaporize the seed out of existence. If the seed never existed, the oak tree wouldn't exist either. And that's what this clearing statement does. And it's all kinds of different aspects of of um, what holds limitation in place that we unlock with this. And I'll tell you, using this thing has—I've seen it create what people would call miracles in people's lives, and and it occurs on a constant basis. I mean, I see what other people would call miracles, on a daily basis, if not more. It's part of what gives me the, the chutzpah to carry on when I really kind of would rather take a nap and not get on another plane. But it's it, So the current statement is this, right and wrong, good and bad, which are your judgments about the subject, right and wrong, good and bad, pod and pock, pock is that point of creation that I talked about, pod is the point of destruction, so it's the other side, so you get all sides. Whether you destroyed or created to create limitation, we go back and undo it wherever it started. All nine stands for nine layers of this thing to make it as much as potent as possible because it's basically we're trying to get the biggest scoop and biggest pile of poo out of the way every time we run it because we know if we get enough poo out of the way, we're going to find the pony called you under there somewhere. And and by the way, we don't take ourselves very seriously. So it's like, let's be light about this stuff. So right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine. Shorts stands for what's meaningful and meaningless about it, the punishment for it and the rewards for it. Boys stands for this thing called nucleated spheres, which is where if you've ever been told you need to peel the layers of the onion and you just peeled and peeled and peeled and all you got were tears and you never got to the core of the issue because it's, it's not an onion. It's this energetic structure that we clear every time we run the Clearing Statement, so it will indeed leave whatever you're working on, it will indeed change. And then beyonds. And beyonds are these things that stop you in your tracks, like when you have your 39.95 dollars a month cell phone, and you talk on it all the time, and you get your $895 bill, and you go, ah, that is a beyond. So all of these things are included in the Clearing Statement. And all you do, for example, on one of those days where you wake up and it feels like the south end of a northbound elephant is lodged firmly on your head, you go, hey, so who does this belong to first? Because probably a lot of it's not yours. You're probably just aware of it, which is why when you wake up early in the morning and nobody's awake, you don't have that. It's just when everybody else is awake and their minds start going that you pick it up. But you go, who does this belong to? And that will dislodge part of it. And then you go, you know what? Everything that allows this elephant to be on my head anymore, I now destroy and uncreate it. In other words, you're taking the structure away and you're taking your creative energy out of creating the elephant on your head. And when your creative energy is no longer there, it goes away. And then you go right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shirts, boys, and beyonds. Or because it's now sort of in the universe, if you will, all you have to do is go all that weird stuff Dane said the other day or pock and pot all that. Either one of those, any of those will work because you're calling upon the energy and basically it's like this magic wand that the universe has given us. I don't know about you, Miriam, but when, for a long time I always thought I should be able to just wiggle my hands at something and change it, like Harry Potter. Well, here's your magic wand. Get to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, you you really said the magic word, which is magic um I remember reading um one of Jane Roberts's books about the education of oversoul seven and um the uh the sort of super oversoul says to the young one you know the universe really is magic and I thought yes I knew yes. it <laughs> yes what what is your opinion of the nature of reality uh you you give quite a number of instances in your book of how you seem to have changed it or stopped it in its tracks.
1: Yes. Well, and here's the thing that I realized is your point of view creates your reality. Reality does not create your point of view. So when you decide something is impossible, you are correct. You know, I don't know who said it, but some famous person said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And... The nature of reality, I would say, is is exactly that. Your point of view creates it. And when you're actually available and open for magic, it's funny how often it occurs. You know, one of the examples I use in the book is Forrest Gump. You know, his point of view was life is a bed of roses, you know, and that's the way his life showed up, even contrary to everything else that everybody else had going on. And it's interesting that I've seen... In in the book, I give examples of, of truly shifting reality, the things that you would literally do with a Harry Potter wand, like okay, this person's going to die, we're going to change it now, and not, but but it's never cognitive. It's well, not never, but it's very seldom cognitive. Usually, it's like it's where you're in a situation, something's going to happen, you can't think, it happens so fast. You just change it. Like if you've ever been in a car and you're about to get in an accident and all of a sudden your car has moved over and their car has moved over and wait a minute, what just happened? And what most people do is they discount those things rather than look at them and go, yahoo, magic exists and I just created it. (laughs) That's one of the big differences. If you can look over your life and acknowledge where you created magic, like where you created something that shouldn't have existed and it did, Instead of, instead of invalidating it by saying, oh, that didn't actually occur, look at it and go, wow, I just created magic. I wonder what else I can create. And then it will grow. Because when you invalidate it, it's like a little kid. When you invalidate it, it shrinks. When you acknowledge it, it grows and flourishes and prospers. And that's literally one of the possibilities that's available. And, and so the nature of reality is like it's malleable if we will allow it to be so. And one thing I want to say about this is in the book I give examples that directly involve me for the most part um, as far as this malleability of reality. But I've heard stories from hundreds if not thousands of people about where they read it and they went, oh, my gosh, this acknowledged something about me. Or where they read it and in the future they did it and then sent me an email saying, oh, my gosh, you're right, reality can be changed. Because the thing is, if it were just me, I wouldn't be writing about it. If, it, if I were the only one that could do it, if I had no other people in the world where you apply these tools and they work, I wouldn't be talking about it. But this is not just me. This is thousands of other people who have had the same awareness, the same way of being able to create and change things. So I know it's not just my limited delusion. I know it actually exists in the world
0: one of the kind of limiting factors really is a person's trust or belief that it's possible um and i i from what i read in your book i understand that that's what you help kind of midwife in your workshops is that yes
1: yes and very well put and and so literally what i would do well and Gosh, see, here's that ADHD thing coming up again. You know, I'm like, well, I want to say so many things, but one of them is that when you see change occur in front of you, one of the things I love about facilitating access workshops is that when other people in the class see someone who has the courage to raise their hand and ask a question and actually be guided or facilitated. From their knowing, not from mine, not from my point of view ever, and that's very important, but from theirs, facilitated beyond what they thought had to be the biggest limitation of their life, and they go, no, I'm choosing something different. And you can actually perceive it change, like literally change, not just a head trip about, oh, it's changing, but when change actually occurs, we can all perceive it. When that happens, the the other people in the class energetically get it, and they also go, wait a minute. If this person can change this, and they thought it would never change, I wonder what I can change. And then they start changing things in their own life, and then that's when life becomes exciting. It becomes livable again. Because when you feel like you can't change the things you want to change, when you feel like you can't create what would make your life happy, when you feel like none of that is working, life sucks. Pardon my language, but it sucks. You know, when you start realizing change can exist and possibilities can exist, and, oh, my gosh, I can start creating what I want to create, then life starts to get exciting again. Then it becomes fun to live. And that's what I'd like people to know can exist.
0: You know, a lot of people feel um, their their limitations in, in three main areas. Health, money, and relationships. And yeah. you apply your uh, technique to all three areas. Pick one, any one, and tell us how you would go about it.
1: Well, that's... Let's, well, okay, I'll, I'll actually get two and just give you a slightly different point of view on each one. So with money, one of the things that, that Gary Douglas, the founder, you know, now my business partner, co-creator or conspirator, as the case may be, <laughs> said to me, because I had a huge money issue when it came to access. And I said, Gary, look, my issue is money. I want to get this handled. And, Gary, look, my issue is money. Gary, my issue is money. And he finally turned to me and he said, look, your issue is not money. And he said, your issues, And he said four times, your issue is not money, until finally, I went, what do you mean? I finally asked a question, which is always, once again, the doorway to possibility. So I finally said, what do you mean? And he said, look, there's no such thing as a money issue. It's only an issue in what you're unwilling to receive. And I went, what? He said, look, it's about receiving and what you're unwilling to receive. If you're willing to receive the life and the living that you think you'd get from money, you'd create the money or whatever else it would take to have it. And I went, Oh, my gosh, because I'd been focusing on money so hard and nothing had been changing. In fact, I'd been pushing it away even more. When I started focusing on living, what would I like my life to be like? And what would it take for the money to show up to support that and create that? Notice those are both questions. Mm -hmm. So let's do this. So all of you out there listening, what would you like your life to be like that you believe you can't create because you don't have the money for it? Everywhere you bought that point of view, that you don't have the money, and that that's what's stopping you, will you now destroy and uncreate it? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyonds, or pot and pock for short, if you want to just do that. And everything that doesn't allow you to open up to receive the life and living you would like, regardless of how much money you have, so you can finally get over the point of view that money creates it and realize that when you're willing to have it, you will create it, Will you destroy an create, at least? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, towards boys and the Now, there's so much more that can be said about money. There's so much more to do as far as processing goes. But I wanted to give people a different perspective because if I can just get them out of that pattern for even a moment, they'll start to embrace different possibilities because they'll start to go for what's true, makes them feel lighter. And when you function from there, all the stuff you've been asking for shows up in a greater way than you thought possible. One thing I'd like to say about bodies and body pain, there are a lot of people out there. Remember I said 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't belong to you. Well, somewhere around 50 to 100% of the pain in your body doesn't belong to you either. You're just aware of it, or you're one of these people who's actually a healer and has the capacity to help heal it in other people, so you keep taking it out of them to try to make them feel better. And I had a guy in my office right after I got some of these access tools. And literally, he was an 8 out of 10 on the pain scale every time he came in. And so I didn't know what to do because he had this low back pain. And I got this tool, who does this belong to? Well, he comes into my office. He's an 8 out of 10 on the pain scale. It takes him five minutes to relax his back enough to where he can lie face down comfortably. Not knowing what else to do, I said, hey, I need to ask you a question. Who does this belong to? Who does this back pain belong to? And he pushes himself up as though he cut no pain in his back, turns around and looks at me and goes, my wife. And I was like, what? I mean, I was flabbergasted. I was so beyond surprised. But literally asking him that one question, 80% of his pain went away. And what had happened was he his wife had this back pain, and she had been in a car accident or something. And her back pain was so bad, even drugs were not taking care of it and he looked at her one day and he said and i because i asked him what happened he said i looked at her one day and i was i love this woman so much i thought to myself i will do anything to get her out of pain well she got out of pain and several weeks later his back pain started and then it just kept progressing asking him that question allowed him to acknowledge what it was and when you acknowledge what it is things change and so literally and we got him over what 90 plus percent of his pain he was almost completely pain-free by the time he left, and it hasn't come back because he acknowledged what it was. And I know that can sound weird to people out there, but some of you out there listening, going, Oh my Lord, this is part of what's going on for me, too, which is why I will share even the weird stuff, no matter who's listening.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you're not exactly preaching to the choir here, but pretty close. Um, okay, I, I, I do want to go on to the third one because you. Um, relate intimacy to a sense of oneness.
1: Yes. Speak to that. And Well, and here's the thing. A lot of times we, we have so many things that are sort of screwed up and put together when they shouldn't be. You know, it's like in this reality, we have these concepts and it's kind of like you know, your arm is sticking out of your head and it's like, why? Those two shouldn't be going together. So, for example, intimacy is for me a sense of oneness. And It has five elements to it. It's got an honoring, where you're honoring of you and your partner. It's got trust, where you're trusting of you and your partner. It's got allowance, where everything they choose is not a judgeable offense, it's just something they chose. And same for you, everything you chose is not a judgeable offense, it's just what you chose. And how can you make it greater? So it's got honoring, trust, allowance. It's got vulnerability, which is where you're there with no barriers and no projections and no wrongness and no rightness. And it's got gratitude where you can be totally grateful for that person and totally grateful for you and each of you being grateful for each other with the contribution you have to each other's lives. And so all of that together creates this sense or this space, if you will, of oneness. And oneness is where everything exists and nothing is judged. It's synonymous with consciousness, where everything can exist and nothing is judged. And what happens is we somehow we put sex and intimacy together, and I really don't get it. I don't know how we got there. Now that we put our body parts together, we're intimate. Well, um, no, we just put our body parts together. That's something different. And it doesn't, it's not that it can't be there or shouldn't be there. It's just if you are, if you're trying to put all of your apples in the proper cupboard, you don't want to put the oranges mixed in with the apples on the same cupboard because you'll always be confused. And that's where most people are in this area of relationship and sex. They always tend to go together, and yet there's ways of sort of, Pulling them apart so you can get clear on what you would actually like to create. Because a lot of people go into sex thinking they're going to get relationship. A lot of people go into relationship thinking they're going to get sex. It's like, let's try to look at this from the place of what's really going on and what would we really like to create and how can we do it?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and what I like is that uh, this is, uh, by extension, how you create relationships with friends and with society and with, with humanity in general, that that it's a, 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 a caringness and, and a lack of judgment that I found so attractive.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, if we had a world like that, I mean, if you could imagine, if we, because one of the things that you mentioned is the caring, and it's like, I see so many people who care so much and who are so afraid to to let it be known, even to themselves. And I see people who, no matter what other people do to them, still care for them, and they don't realize that that's actually a strength. you know. And if you could realize that even if somebody hurts you, you still care for them. You've been told your whole life that's weakness. You should hate them, except you can't hate. There's not a hateful bone in your body. And when you try, you make yourself less than you are. You twist yourself backwards instead of expanding yourself into being who you really are so it's this thing where what this really does is when you start to have this intimacy and it should this intimacy should start with you and it does then it can spread to everyone and when you're willing to be that way when you're willing to truly have intimacy with you you become a contribution to everybody else to know it's possible because so many people are looking for it they so want that with themselves They don't know they can have it. They don't know they have permission. And they don't even know that it exists anymore. And when you're willing to be it, you truly do change the world.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You had a really, really interesting take on being a leader. Tell us about that.
1: Well, the thing is, from my point of view, being a leader is knowing where you need to go and being willing to go whether anybody else follows or not most people have this point of view that being a leader is having followers. And from my point of view, nothing could be further from the truth. Being a leader is being a leader in your own life or in your business or wherever it is. In fact, you know, in all the aspects of your life and knowing what's true, knowing what makes you feel lighter and knowing where you need to go. And what I've seen is when people, a lot of the people that truly desire change on the planet have shied away from being leaders because They don't want to be the autocratic sort of domineering people that they've seen in the world. So they shy away and they're like, no, you lead me. You tell me where to go. I'll do everything you say, even though it makes me feel heavier and even though it's not going to be happy, I will just follow you. And it's like, no, guys, if you're somebody who truly desires a greater world, you need to step into being the leader in your own life so that you can actually be the leader to a more conscious possibility for all of us. It's time for all of us to step up. And into the leader role that we are and that we have and that we can occupy, it's time to stop allowing other people to lead us down a path that doesn't work for us or the planet. And it's time to truly step up from within and go, you know what? No more. No more of denying my knowing. No more of not inviting the possibilities into the world that I'd like to see. No more. It's time for a different world, and it's time for me to be the leader. Without force, mind you, doesn't require any force. It just requires a quiet awareness and demand in your world that I'm not going to live following other people's limited points of view as though they're right and true for me.
0: So basically, to be a leader, you are following your own truth as you see it and standing in integrity and, and acting in integrity with that. So it's not necessarily saying, okay, everybody has to do what I tell them to do. It's really being the leader of yourself. Is that a reasonable summary?
1: Yes. I think it's brilliantly put. And it's also not, and the other piece is it's not putting anything on anybody else. It's it's where you need to go, just like you said.
0: And I guess the flip side of that is that when you are a leader, you are taking full responsibility for your actions.
1: Yes. And that's something that is also not seen very often on the planet. You know, most people, most people are in judgment of their actions. Even those that, you know, want to take responsibility, what they do is they find themselves judging their actions as though that's taking responsibility. Now, this doesn't have to be about judging your actions. It's, oh, that didn't work out so well, but I'm the one who chose it. So I will, I will be the one who handles the situation. And When you can be that way, you start to have, as you mentioned, you start to have a sense of integrity with yourself that a lot of people feel like they've gotten away from, and they don't even know how they got away from it. But you start to have that sense of integrity with yourself again, and life becomes, you start to realize, wow, okay, I am actually creating my life. Mm
0: -hmm. You also talk about allowing. How are you using that term?
1: Well, allowance is from an access consciousness point of view, if you will, is where everything is just an interesting point of view. Mm -hmm. In other words, in allowance, you're like the rock in the stream and all these attitudes and thoughts and beliefs and emotions and thoughts and feelings, they come at you and they go around you and you still get to be the rock in the stream. What most people do is if somebody comes up with a new trauma, they're sucked into the trauma and drama and either trying to fix it or trying to make it wrong or trying to make it right, and they live most of their lives buffeted by the storms of other people's realities rather than sitting there going wow that's interesting that you would choose that you know one of the one of the, one of the things I, I've suggested that people do rather jokingly in my classes the people that you know tend to especially align and agree when there's a trauma and they go oh yes it's so bad it's so terrible and you I say Look, here's what you want to do. Realize 98% of this stuff isn't yours. When you're around people who do that, in your head, just go, clearly you have a lot of crap going on. <laughs> and that's it. You know, Rather than trying to get sucked into it, just go, clearly you have a lot of crap going on. And I, had a, I, I gave this tool in class, and I had a lady send me an email saying, I want to thank you for this tool. <laughs> she said, you know, I thought you were full of crap when you said this. By the way, the, one of the rules that I have in class is if you think I'm full of crap and you find out I'm not, you just have to send me a dollar. Because that's the saying I hear so often because I say things that are so different than what people have heard before that the, initially they go, oh, That couldn't happen. And I say, okay, if you find out that it did happen, please just send me a buck. Nobody sent me a dollar yet. I'm kind of disappointed. But she said, I said, you know, all you do is sit back and go in your head. Clearly, you have a lot of crap going on. And she sent me a thing. She said, oh, my gosh, I was with my mother and grandmother who when they get together do trauma and drama like crazy, and I always got sucked into it. It always made me feel heavy, but I was with them, and what was going through my head was clearly they have a lot of crap going on, and I was so happy and so light. It's the first trip I've ever had of lightness with my family when my mom and grandma were around. I went, okay, cool, because you start to realize it's not yours and you're in an allowance of it. It's not that you're judging it. You're just standing back being the, the observer of it, rather than the participant in the trauma and drama.
0: Well, in a sense, you're allowing them to be the leaders in their own lives, but you don't have to be sucked into it.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Now, my favorite thing in your book was a little paragraph um, where you're talking about judgment, and you, um, I'm reading, What if we could be in such a connection with the molecules around us because we had no judgment that we could invite them to change at will also? And I suddenly had this understanding that that is how people bend spoons.
1: Yes, exactly that. It's how people bend spoons. It's how some people heal cancers. It's how some people heal their own cancers it's it's such a possibility there's this possibility to be in communion with every molecule in existence because every molecule has consciousness and so do we and if you could look at it as the space between the molecules of your body are basically consciousness and consciousness is the organizing force if you will or the organizing source of your body that pulls the molecules together and if you had no judgment and if you had no separation between you and any molecule, you could not only bend spoons, but you could heal cancer. You could create money wherever it needed to be created. You could create awareness in people. I mean, it's, it's the possibility. That's truly where the magic is and where the joy of living is. And we have these examples of things like bending spoons, and I'm so grateful because it gives us an awareness of, wait a minute, the reality as I thought it was isn't necessarily all that it is. Mm-hmm
0: you you had some remarkable anecdotes in your book uh, that illustrate this um can you give me one i I was thinking about the the father with or, or grandfather perhaps with the baby
1: oh gosh yeah um yeah this this, oh, this sweet man calls me he'd been in access classes for a while and he hadn't been for a while and he's probably, I don't know, seven in his mid to late seventies. And he called me and he was not coming to this particular class. He was from Australia and he wasn't coming to this particular class and just wanted to, um, say hi. And then he, and, and he called me after that and he said, um, okay, so I need, I've got something. I said, he said, my, um, my niece has been stillborn and she, and I'm rushing to the hospital. Is there anything that I can do to help her? I said, you know what? If you get a chance, and he said, look, she's on respirators and all this stuff. And, and he, I said, look, if you get a chance to hold her, if they'll let you hold her, just say, look, I just want to say hi to this little girl before she leaves, if that's what she's going to do. Let her get them to let you hold her. And so, fine. So he did. And he called me later and he said, okay. So when I got to this hospital, he said, here I was. And there was this little body that was just black and it had no life in it. And I did exactly what you said. I held her and I said, sweetheart, I just want you to know that if you want to go, it's totally okay. But I've been doing this stuff called access. And so I've done these things called body processes. Take anything from me and my body you need that might help you if you want to stick around and live. And if so, then you just take it right now. And if not, if you want to go, I totally honor that. And I love you more than you could ever imagine. And literally, the girl, he, he, called, he called me a year and a half later. And he, he, he said, I just want you to know that I, well, he didn't call me. He called me after this and let me know that she had started breathing and started living and they thought, because she was premature, she was like three, I don't know, she was out at, I think, five months, which is really a tenuous time, five or six months. And she call, he called me and he said, I just want you to know that that little girl has chosen to live. She's actually breathing. And within, I don't know, six months, she had regained. The, the doctors were astonished. Within six months, she had totally surpassed, the growth expectations that she was supposed to have for her age and a year and a half later he sent me this picture and he said I just want to say thank you because I did exactly what you suggested and the doctors thought she was dead and she was not going to live and this little girl has more life than almost anyone I've ever known. She's got more life in her and she's so happy and it's like wow. So this is just one of the things that's possible and I apologize my relating of the story is not that great because there are all these other pieces that I that I want to tell but didn't put in the book so (laughs) but but to be able to do that to be able to know that magic can exist that way with no point of view though with just here if I can contribute and I can change this then here it is and to let the little girl make the choice because one of the things we have in access is these hands-on body processes that they literally start rewriting the blueprint of the body as near as we can tell and Literally, I mean, we had a guy who we had a lady who called us because her husband was in third stage bone cancer. And we just found that this one particular process that we have, if you do it on the joints, seems to increase the immune system. And, you know, this isn't scientific. This is all from what we've become aware of energetically. Like, what does this do? Oh, it increases the immune system. Okay, fine. And we just, you know, we don't try to prove it. We don't. It, it. So she called and she said, you know, my husband's going through this. And I, we gave her this process I Said, do this on his joints every night before you go to bed and put your hands on him while you sleep. And she did that for six weeks. Well, he went in eight weeks later for his next bone scan. And they thought he was going to be in fourth stage bone cancer because it was so aggressive from before he was in complete remission. Oh, wow. And we went, okay, apparently this does help the immune system. I mean, the things that can change are just phenomenal, you know, and it's just, and it's, it's people having the tools to make the choices that allow them to choose what actually works for them, whatever that happens to be, without having a point of view.
0: So does it have to be on both sides of the equation? I mean, did, did he have to believe in it as much as she believed in the transmission?
1: Uh, not at all. He didn't believe in it at all. She's just like, honey, can I do this on you? Because she wanted to keep him around, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. So he didn't believe in it at all. And you don't have to believe you. It's weird. It's there's this weird sort of interaction. It's not like it's not a cut and dry, but I do know you don't have to believe this stuff because there's stuff I found that I'm like that we come across that because what happens is Gary and I are always researching. We're always looking, Okay, how can we undo these limitations faster or how can we create possibilities even greater with less work for people and and. So, And we've come across things where I go, no way, that's going to work, uh-uh. And then somebody will do it, and I'm like, well, okay, I'm wrong again. So I'm over my point of view that something can't work now. I'm just like, what can work, and how does it get any better than this?
0: Wow. Well, this has just been mind-boggling. Dane, tell me about your website and and, uh, workshops and stuff like that.
1: Well, there's a class that I created based on the book. It's called Being You, Changing the World, strangely enough. And it's a -a three-and-a-half-day class. And incorporated in it is you actually learn the access consciousness bars and how to do them on people, which is that process that I talked about that saved my life 13 years ago. And afterwards, you can actually go out and run bars on people. But Running
0: bars is, is like an energetic transmission?
1: Yeah, bars is, and it's it's really you you just lie there and basically put your hands on somebody's head, and there's these 32 different points. And as you hold them, it literally starts letting a sense of space and ease and peace seep into a person's life. You know, we say at the worst you feel like you had a good massage, at the best your whole life will change. So as part of this three-and-a-half-day class, the bars are incorporated. Um, but if you go to beingyouclass.com, it's beingyouclass.com there's a, a video series that I created that walks you through some of the simple basics of the access tools, you know, like, who does this belong to? It walks you through the clearing statement. It walks you through asking questions. It walks you through all of this stuff. And once again, it's free. It's my gift to you. Okay. It's not even, you know, that it's free. It's a, it's, it's, it's a gift. In other words, if you've been looking to change something in your life, go there and check it out and see if it contributes. Cause the, way, the reason I did it was because this is what I wanted 13 years ago that wasn't around in the world. you know. And when I made that demand on the universe and I said, universe, look, you got six months, my life changes or I'm killing myself, I really thought I was going to be killing myself. That was actually my plan. And I, I was very surprised to find something that would actually change things called access. And... But when I made that demand, I went. You know what? If you actually do show me the way to change things, I will share it with everybody I can on the planet because the planet needs this. And so that's part of me keeping my commitment to that. But it's there. You go, and it's and and what you also get there's also um, stuff that you'll get that sort of little surprises that you get along the way. You know, like a little video or a little this or a little that, just to kind of keep you up, kind of keep you interested in living. You know, like hey, here's a little surprise for you just because it's fun for me. So if you go to beingyouclass.com, there's that there. And um, there's so much available in this world. I mean, truly, this could be a beautiful, beautiful world and a beautiful life and living for you. That's what I'd like to invite you to. And, you know, what if you truly being you are the gift and the change this world requires?
0: What a beautiful statement to close on Dane Dr. Dane Here, author of Being You, Changing the World thank you so much for being with
1: us Miriam, thank you, I'm very honored and very grateful, thank you
0: remember you'll find all our interviews and lots lots more on our website at ncreview.com now we're going to close our show with a track of the week this is called I Am by Doug Fulton from Portland, Oregon
2: Passing through I am what remains So are you I am the joy I am the dance Of temporary circumstance
0: Fulton from his groundbreaking CD, Oneness Dancing, full of amazing soulful music based on solfeggio frequencies that resonate with our DNA and chakras. Think of these meditations as vibrational vitamins for soul and cells. You can learn more about the album on Doug's website, dougscottfulton.com. Well, that's it. So until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.